Hey, Freddie Kitchens, Buddy the Elf has a message for you. You stink. You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell anything like winning. You sit on a throne of lies. This is our show, and it's almost Christmas. Welcome to the Orange is the New Browns podcast. those bells do you know what time it is sleigh bell rings are you listening yep it's that time folks it's christmas it's fastly approaching within 24 hours probably less than 24 hours now it is less than 24 hours it's like 10 20 a.m central time so what we're gonna do today right it's because like we're start hours. we're starting off i mean obviously we started off with our intro about elf right yep and then we're going to take a little dive into Santa's Naughty and Nice list, Cleveland Brown style. Now, this Naughty and Nice list can be anywhere from 5 to 10 nice, 5 to 10 naughty. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. But we also got Brown's News. Yep. We got Tribe Talk. We do. And we got our new Cleveland Cavalier segment, Cavs in an Hour. Oh, hold on. Cavs Hour. Cavs Hour in a minute. In a minute. Yeah. Cavs so, Hour. We're going to talk about an hour of Cav news in one minute. So. It's pretty It's pretty fa- fantastic. It's spe- It's spectacular. I don't know about you, but I really like the, the bells. The, are they ringing? They are ringing. Means uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. First off, before we start, man, I am I'm deeply sorry that I ruined your life and I stuck 11 cookies in the VCR. I really feel bad. Just 11? 11 cookies. So, well, I mean. feel the, awful about that. Well, the very odd part about that is I haven't owned a VCR in like I don't, I don't know, know at least who, 15, 20 years. If it wasn't your VCR, I stuck something in something, so it's not going to be good. S- something in something. Figure, you'll figure it. It's cookies. Cookies There's are cookies, somewhere jammed. Cookies are somewhere inside. Is it in my house or yeah. is it in somebody else's I, house? It could be somebody else's house. Okay. Uh, you know, I, When I hit that eggnog, man, I just start walking around. So, like we said, it is almost Christmas time. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry not, Christmas. You know, whatever you celebrate. Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah started yesterday. Right. Started a couple days ago or whatever Yeah, whatever it was. So Happy happy Hanukkah, Juice. Yeah. You know, Kwanzaa's coming up. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa away, guys. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Festivus was yesterday. Cool. Festivus for the rest of us. That's where you get to air out your grievances. So there's that. Well, we got got a lot of grievances. Yeah, that's what the show is. So today we got a lot of Browns talk. We got two games we get to talk about. We didn't talk about the Cardinals. I don't think we'll touch much about that other than we got big by... Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury, which that's, so that's, that's a sore note on that It is part. one of the reasons we didn't do a podcast last week, and also that this past week was just busy. We had a very busy, busy you know, but we, we like to keep our, our stuff fresh and new. Exactly. And if you're listening to the Orange is the New Browns podcast, obviously you know we don't like to miss We're off the one week. We just go. We just do what we want to do yeah. and how we want to do it, and we don't care if we offend anybody. You know, so good news, man. So I got some good news for you. All right, so pop out, pop the good news off. I just saw a dog today. A dog? Yeah, I saw a dog today. Did you dog check him? No, I don't dog check. Dog check. I don't dog check <laughs> animals. So bad thing is, you ever feel bad? You get to see those guide dogs, like those like service animals. Yeah. And they look like the goodest doggos, but you can't pet them. And I feel that's horrible. I think you should be able to pet service dogs. Just what I'm saying. Well, this this past past year, I'm 2019. I've gone to five different funerals in my family on 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 her side, the wife's side, and they have a service dog there. But yeah. this service dog literally 
tries to bite children's hands. See, I don't like that. Like, what's the point of having a, a service a feel good dog if the dog doesn't even, one doesn't even want to get petted, two is mean to children, even even if the children yeah. are demons, you know, because it <laughs> happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and you know, three, it's the ugliest dog I've ever seen. No it's offense. Crazy. Sorry, I'm not gonna say what funeral home, but anyways, it's weird. So we got a lot of Browns news. Yeah, so and two we, literally two weeks to cover, but let's just cover. The, we're oh, gonna Cardinals. cover. Let's cover the game real fast. And awful, 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 pointless. Freddie Kitchen sucks. We got beat by Kingsbury. We made we got ran on like we couldn't stop a running game when we were the one of the top running defenses. I don't understand it. We it's literally stupid. got beat by a five foot five quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he can't even see over his own line. He's a South Pole elf, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he's an angry little elf. He's like a, you know, he's definitely an angry elf, for sure. So, again, we got beat by the Arizona Cardinals two weeks ago. Yeah, it was awful. And, I mean, it was so bad that I just literally was watching the screen and, like, watching all this unfold. And I'm like, how in the world? Well, I told you with an offense. We've been talking about this all year. I said, I don't even know how we're going to beat the Cardinals. That's what yeah. I said. Like, how are we supposed I mean, to do that? Our our defense looked terrible. I mean, it didn't even look like it. Our offense, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how you fix an offense if you just don't run the ball. You know, you got these two stellar backs, obviously, Hunt and, and Chubb. Chubb is right now in the lead for the rushing title, which yeah. he – funny quote from him was – he cares about the winning the rushing title because everybody else cares. Yeah. That's a pretty good quote. Because well, his linemen care because it sh- just shows how they're pushing the, the line when they're running. It just shows it just shows what a classy act Chubb is because he could have said, like the norm, I don't care about records. I don't care about titles and stuff like that. All I care about is winning, right? Because that's that's what he said all year round is all he cares about is winning. Him and, him and Hunt have built this, you know, bond, you know, and it's and it's a good thing. Yeah. So, I'm excited. Congratulations to Chubb. Hopefully, by next week, he'll solidify the the rushing title for the year. On that note, Arizona Cardinals. It's done. It's over. And they beat the Seahawks this last week. I so, mean, they went from three with an injured, you know, Kyler Murray. Yeah, exactly. So backup quarterback came in and they won. So now you got you got a team that went that was three and whatever they were three went, and nine, I think three and six. I don't know three six and one. I think who three eight and one maybe or three eight and one or whatever Who are you talking about yeah the Cardinals the Cardinals they're three eight and one when they started playing Cleveland and then they spank us and then they spank the Seattle yeah who's so, who's in the playoff contention hey so got to give it up to who's in uh, the playoffs actually they're playing the playoffs. I mean their defense looked good playoffs playoffs so Marshawn's so. now with the Seahawks you see that I just saw that he got signed to Beast date. Mode came back and everybody's like oh it's the anniversary of, you know they're talking about Beast Quick and Beast Mode's back in Seahawks that's that's great. You know it's, what? It's it's for the play. I mean, they're running back. Car- Chris Carson is out for the year. Broke his hip. So with Carson out, and they don't believe in their rookie or two year man Penny. So I think this is a good deal for Marshawn Lynch. It's a good deal yeah. for Seattle. Uh, I guarantee you, Marshawn Lynch walked into Seattle and was like, "Does somebody need a hug?" You know what I mean? That's yeah. What Marshawn Does Lynch somebody want to win a Super Bowl and hand me the ball this time? I'm just saying. Yeah, it's only like a half a yard away. So let's Literally, throw an interception. I'm sure. I'm sure if that happens in this playoff, 
Marshawn's going to get the ball and he's going to beast mode it. Exactly. So we we see the Cardinals, the, their prowess creating. They're going. They're going. Their their speed is what wore us down pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, the defense wasn't ready for it. Uh, we've talked about it before that our defense looks completely different due to the fact that uh, Miles Garrett's not there. Uh, you lose your key pass rusher. It takes away everything. Yeah. Everything. Um, the linebackers had made some bad plays, and so it's just sad to see. And this it continued this week when we played the Ravens. Uh, the first one point nine sevenths of a quarter, so we're talking about almost two quarters of play. We looked like a very team, the, a team that was prepared, was going to push the ball. It was going to be a very tight AFC North game. This was like an old. This was not going to be the the game that we played in Week Four against the uh, against the Ravens. This was going to be a very like hard fought, tough nose, tough as nails game. And it came down to it that Freddie Kitchens was a fraud and realized, okay, you know, we're third and one. Let me throw a halfback pass that loses nine yards. Like, right. let me call that. And that, that play alone set off a, an event that just said, sorry, we're not going to catch up now. Well, and you got to, you got to go back th- that t- uh, two weeks ago and there was multiple things happening. One, you had ownership and, and management saying that unless something, catastrophic happens freddie kitchens is here to stay there's two losses right there bro so you lose to arizona and then the following week you lose to the ravens at home when we get to the ravens game which is coming up quickly yeah we got to give it up to how they played the first quarter and the and the second quarter but we'll get to that later so anyways that's the that's the one that that was one thing that i noticed that you know that came out that week that they're like oh we're going to support him and then he and he lays an egg number two Joe Schobert is no longer in contract talks. Yeah. If we do not sign him, that is probably going to be the worst Browns move for letting a free agent go. You think so? He's the heart of that defense. Without him, just imagine, take Joe Schobert out right now. Now how bad is that defense? Just as bad as it already is. Worse. So, because I've seen Because Schobert, he's your lead tackler. I love, I love Schobert, but at the same point in time, he looks better now because there's nobody else in front of him to make him look bad. Um, when Miles Garrett was doing Miles Garrett things, nobody was talking about Joe Schobert. So once when Miles Garrett got suspended, Joe Schobert started showing up, got a couple of picks, a couple of picks here. But it's, you know, those were against backup quarterbacks but when he's playing a logistic like real team like you know a better team he he looks just like a regular defensive player but he looks gotta, like a regular cleveland brown player that makes mistakes that does the wrong things that has a lot to do with coaching yes he's he gets a lots of tackles he does a lot of good things but his tooth to gum ratio is insane like when he smiles too much gum <laughs> way too much gum so if he leaves that's fine with me i don't like wow. guys people that kind of smile they're either addicted to Disney or pedophiles, and so well. And that's Joe Schobert. Here's how I feel about He's probably Joe's, addicted to Disney. I, I think I think you're getting way far on the left side on this. You got to look at it in this perspective. He is playing with two rookie linebackers on, beside him, right? He's playing Not with even two, just one. He's got like one. one he's got one. He's got two good back. veteran uh, defensive tackles. He's got two defensive ends that are you know second string at best. Yeah. Obviously, Chad Thomas is Chad pretty Thomas good. Is he stepped to look, up. He stepped up. Brian Cox is like a reserve player that just yep. got lucky with injuries and release. We should have never let go of Devereaux Lawrence. 
nope. we should never let go of Smith. We never should. We should never let, gotten rid of Avery. Like it's just yeah. to me like there's some linebackers that we let go for no reason that could have played that rushing defensive end once Miles yes. Garrett went out, and that's that kind of bit I, us in the back end. So that's the tough part. But you know what jo- Joe's going to try to go after and get. We don't need to to provide that because we need better help somewhere else. You can get that linebacker talent anywhere. It comes out of the draft every time. You see, Mac Wilson was a fifth-round pick, and what is he doing now? Eh. He's a reserve in the Pro Bowl. Kind of a yeah. big deal. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, so it's a big deal. Joe Schobert's a, a large piece. But when you see the necessities of that team, and what's the weakness of the defense right now? Safety. Safeties and cornerbacks. Uh, you know, I'd say one cornerback. Yeah. And so, I mean, we've got a we got a tier one corner cornerback that's sitting on the bench right now. Terrence Newman. So no, Mitchell. Mitt Terrence Mitchell. So you have these you have these pieces, but we need and he's old. You want a better piece there. So either we we sign Joe Schobert to more money than he's than he was worth kind of situation, or we go after a piece that we need and get it out there. Try that part. That's the way I look at it. I would rather have – I mean, I would honestly rather have a better defensive back system because the NFL is a pass-heavy defense. Uh, I think Kirk, uh, Christian Kirksey being gone, like I think after this season they need to release him because he's been hurt the last two years. He's done. Like his – it's almost the same exact scenario. Chest and shoulder, you know, we're going to get back down to the knees and toes after this. So it's going to be one of those situations that Kirksey's going to be released. Maybe that frees up some salary where – let's start the conversations again with Schobert. But – if they keep Kirksey and Schobert's, you know, the contract's there and it's a better chance to get a defensive back, I'm going to say get that defensive back because that's going to be a better need. But if Kirksey's gone, sign, sign him, well, sign Schobert. You know, unfortunately, Morgan Burnett went down with the Achilles, you know. Yeah, so he that, was a that, great addition. He, was, he, he was played a, hard. He was a great safety addition. I still think they should have gone after Trey Boston this past year on the defense. Uh, I think the – and like I've said – Olivia Vernon, waste of money, waste of pick. It's a, it was a trade. I mean, but like I Kevin rather, Zeidler hasn't played that well for the Giants this year. Well, so it's, and it's you know, all about, and it's all about Pat. And we've we've had Pat Shermer as our head coach yeah, at the Cleveland Browns. He was fired before his whole first season, right? So, so again, or second season, I, I I think in the system that we run here in Cleveland, he would have been just fine. I think everybody's. Everybody, if anybody was listening to me all year, that I've been saying this since day one, that that was the only, the only, only thing that I did not agree upon. Yeah. Like, Vernon's a good player when he's healthy. The problem is he has not played a full in a while. 16 game season so, in his NFL career, well, along with Demarius Randall. Yeah. So, think about this, though, is that with the right guard play, we got Wyatt Teller from the Bills. Wyatt Teller has stepped up and played uh, outstanding. I, I got to give it up to the line is actually yeah. not as bad as it was. It's the tackle first year. play. The tackle play is the issue. Yes. You have tackles that are being beat handedly on each side of the the the, the, the pocket, so the pocket collapses faster than it should. Guard play, the guard center play that we have is why our run game is so strong. And Treader's been playing injured. Je- yeah, he's played injured. Uh, Joel Batinio is, you know, he's Batonio is as an amazing, is the best left tackle, left guard in, my, in the league in my yeah. opinion. Well, and it's and it's proven his it, stats on, on beating the rush yeah. and everything is he's perfect. He's it, he's one of the best linemen. Him and JC are two of the smartest linemen in the league. Then you have uh, Wyatt Teller, who was the addition from the Buffalo Bills. We 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 tried out the Eric Cush experiment, which he's a very good second string lineman to come in and take a place in. Yep, great great addition, but wasn't a starting guard. Uh, and with the switch to Teller, 
uh, you've seen the difference between that. So I think the offensive line, our are, 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 are centerpieces are there for guards and centers. It's the tackles that need to be actually looked at. Um, and we have the th- 13th pick in the draft. That's I think it's like the 13th. That's what we're looking at. So we should be able to It should be an offensive put line. that piece in there. Question is, is, will John Dorsey do that? You never know. Uh, I would like to see so. But we also haven't seen Drew Forbes all year. So Drew Forbes might be a piece that we have on as a right tackle. We utilize him there because he's a tall six foot seven guy, six foot eight guy, uh, 350 pounds. He'll be in fast feet. So that's what you need. But I think we need to, we need to look at tackles. Um, but the issue that we're seeing here is coaching. Yeah, and it's so, definitely the coaching. And, I, and I'm, I'm not going to uh, – we can harp on Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens has been bad most of the year. Like, it's just what it is. I mean, he's – we have a list. I have a list of things, yeah. and I'll read it off in just a second. Just continue well, with I'll, your point. I'll tell you what I'm saying because uh, I got in a disagreement with uh, a, another podcast team from Lockdown Browns. The guy's name is Jeff Lloyd. Uh, back in the preseason, I made the point that said, hey, the offense doesn't look good. And I said, we need to be worried and concerned about this because last season with temporary pieces in place after – Hugh Jackson was let go. We had a strong offense. We had a very prolific offense at that point. We were 28 points a game. We were putting up numbers that we hadn't seen before. Baker Mayfield looked like a different quarterback. But during the preseason, we had almost the exact same pieces. We didn't have Jarvis and Odell. They're holding the amount and all that good stuff. But the players weren't performing. And the plays that were being called were trash. And so I said, we need to worry about this. Like, oh, it's a, it wasn't even the offense. We don't even have our talent out there, blah, blah, blah. So I brought it up to him. I said, hey – when are you going to admit that you were wrong in the preseason, that they, the offensive woes that we had? And then he went off and that you, you think that was a big deal? Like, no, that was a big deal. It was a predecessor to what actually went through. It was a precursor to what we're wat- witnessing now is that our offense should have been running the way it's running, even with second and third string pieces, because that's what was playing last year. Right. You know, Higgins was talented and a third string receiver. Like, you had you had Callaway, talented, like, but second string, rookie second string. So – I, I'm sorry, but in my in my mind, our offense has not fixed itself, and it's gotten worse all year long. It's gotten worse yeah. with the pieces that we have. Now it's enough to you know there's enough tread on the tires to make the trip to where we look decent, but we're not even like to that point because we're not even gonna, even if we win on Sunday against the Bengals, which I hope we do because they're the worst team in the league. Even if we don't win against the Bengals. If we win against the Bengals, we're still gonna have a worse record than we did last year because we're seven eight one last year, right? And we'll be seven and nine. Yeah. So it's like, unless we tie the Bengals somehow Sunday, we're going to, you know, and, and it's like, we'll still have the worst record. And so right. it hasn't been an improvement, especially with the pieces that we brought in, because we brought in Odell Beckham Jr. We brought him Kareem Hunt, who came in, you know, more than halfway through the season. And our defense on paper, and even during the preseason in the beginning of the year, looked absolutely amazing. They were a top 15 defense, and we hadn't seen that in a while. And it goes down to coaching. Steve Wilkes, wrong defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. For the talent we have, we don't need Steve Wilkes. You brought it up last night at Christmas dinner that Steve Wilkes' defense does not work towards Denzel Ward's abilities. And I said it earlier, Denzel Ward is and not angry. Angry. Z- angry. They're not zone defenders. They are they're, they're on man. an island. Yeah. Put me in on an island, that's how I survive. Yep. You see the the best plays they make are not out in zone. The best plays they make are one-on-one coverage and they're actually being able to lock down the freaking receiver. Steve Wilkes does not play to that ability. They don't play to that strengths. And so Steve Wilkes, one, needs to go. Freddie Kitchens, I believe if we win on Sunday, they're going to keep him. I think they're going to keep him. They're going to keep that experiment. They don't want to look stupid. And I say they, meaning Jimmy Haslam, yeah. doesn't want to look stupid. So, Which 
I don't know if that's going to do anybody good. And you can go talk about Freddy Kitchens right I now. I mean, the, the Freddy Kitchens things is, which we've talked about all year, number one, play calling and lack of experience as a head coach. Yeah. Okay. So that is number one. T-shirt. Number two. The T-shirt right? he wore? The T-shirt. Yeah. Like, I know it doesn't mean anything, and I do agree with him on this, that his daughter had – he was wearing a shirt. He walked yeah. over there. Could have zipped up his jacket. He wasn't thinking – He's making what you know what these players do and yeah. making mistakes on there. So that's another thing. My big er, number three, I feel like, is undisciplined team. All, all right? year long, all when you year have long. literally a hundred and ninety-eight or plus, you know, penalties within you know the year. I mean, they're he has they're, almost a thousand yards of penalties. Yeah, I mean, right it's now. it's ridiculous that your team now. Do I? necessarily just blame him yes because he's been talking about what detail attention to detail do your job yeah do the fundamentals blah 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 the stuff that we've yeah. heard yeah but the problem is is where is it did you see the uh did you see the david blau comments no i didn't see about anything. okay so the the lions the hapless lions three yeah. and ten or whatever they are now or three or eleven i think can you really blame them yeah they're detroit one. but here yeah but here's the situation this is a sad part um, he talked with Jay Feely and um, I forget the other guy's name, but for oh, um, uh, I'll, don't even worry about it. But Jay Feely, one of them, uh, for CBS Sports for the game that they had, uh, and conversations came up that he asked, you know, you came from two different teams. You, you were in the preseason with the Browns, was traded at the the uh, cut days to the Lions. What's the difference? And he said, well, the Lions are more put together. There's more. Uh, experience there's more working towards they have a lot more uh, efficiencies and a lot more professionalisms and he said that's the difference between the Browns and the Lions and you're seeing a team that's only has three wins literally literally three wins and three the Browns, nine and one is what yeah. they were and the Browns have six wins and you have a quarterback that's a third straight quarterback that now is the starting quarterback because of injuries is saying my head coach takes time and goes let's read the defense let's make sure you know what defense you're looking at do we have a head coach that does that? Probably not. Probably not. And the preparation that he was going into is like they prepared better. And so what we're looking at is Freddie Kitchens might be one of this, oh, let's do tough nails. We're going to have practice. We're basically playing games in the practice. Like we're going to be we're going to be a tough team. Yet if you're not preparing and being ready for the other team you're playing, it's not going to mean anything. Right. So hearing a third-string quarterback, at that point a fourth-string quarterback, say, well, this is the difference, and this is what I'm seeing between Matt Patricia and Freddie Kitchens, and Matt Patricia has a worse record, That's a, that speaks volumes. Yeah. Volumes. Mm hmm And that's insane because we gave that guy a chance. Well, and the reason why they're giving him a chance in Detroit is, one, his quarterback went down with a back injury, so yeah, you can't really back. blame his running, And his running back was out all year also. Yeah. So, I mean, you got two key pieces, yeah. uh, and he took a third-string quarterback in Blau, yeah. And looked halfway decent for a couple of games. He did actually, yeah. And so you know you got you got these little little things here. Well, that's scary to see that you have Matt Patricia, who's in his second year of head coach at the Lions, who's had some injury situations, have had some you know the Detroit Lions situations. You have like yeah, it's just the Detroit Lions. You have that, and they're saying we're preparing, we're disciplined, and we're performing up to our up to our abilities that we have. And then you have the Browns who have. If you just look at the team on paper, you're like, this team should win every game. Yeah. And we're not performing. 
we're not disciplined and we're not prepared. Yeah, because it goes back to my points about Freddie Kitchens is you know you got those th- those three that I talked about, then you got the watch dilemma, right? <laughs> yeah. The shoe dilemma. There's always something. Always right? something. You shouldn't have to. Always you shouldn't something. have to tell your players just wear what you're supposed to wear. Well, think right? about just the game itself. The is Ravens that really game. his? Is that really his pro? Uh, really his fault? No. no. Miles Garrett situation with the the helmet the hell, shoe. Yeah. I mean, but we're talking. But <laughs> yeah. can we really blame Freddie Kitchens on the players' reactions to certain things? Because here's the deal: yes, it shows that they're undisciplined. But the problem I'm having with this is, is it's a constant theme throughout the year. Yeah. First the watch, the level. Then the then the shoes. All right. And then you you have a player that gets punched by a fan, and then I wouldn't even say a fan yeah. punched by some stranger. Or, yeah. A and then the street. and then the very next week gets kicked out for you know t- hitting a helmet on Mason Rudolph. Yeah. So you got those four things, then you got the coach wearing a shirt and getting a picture on there. Now look, it's all it's, it's all, all it's all good and yeah. this and this is a lot of this is a Jarvis lot of Jarvis wants to leave, Odell wants yeah, to leave, I'm all like, those come get reports. me. Okay, uh, and you got players that run, you know con- continuously run their mouth to the media. Jay Glazer. Like, uh, Whitehead, right? Yeah. These guys, oh, uh, yeah. you got you got players Football that guy. here's 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 where he's he's felt. He is not making the one. He's not doing what he says about fundamentals. Two, he doesn't have control of his own team because here's the deal: he doesn't have control of himself. Demarius Randall, right? He ran his mouth earlier on in the year. He hasn't played all year. Yeah. Like he's had he's had five games where he was off. He looked bad this past and, game, and he looked real terrible this last yeah. game. So you got Demarius Randall runs amok, OBJ runs amok, Jarvis is yelling at people on the side. He's yelling at Freddie Kitchens on the sideline. Okay. OBJ is yelling about a referee situation, which yeah. I get it with OBJ. If if he's yelling about the referee situation, he's yelling at the coach to, to tell, do something to talk to the refs. It's your yeah. job to do the job. Yeah. But if you look at Freddie Kitchens on the sideline, he doesn't know when to call the timeout. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right, and period. then he and he calls these. Draw plays on third, third, fourth and nine, uh, or, uh, or third eight, and nine. A halfback pass on third and one. Right. I mean, and on the big plays, like the very la- one of the very last plays of of the Ravens game, which we'll get into right now, the very last play of the Ra- one of the v- very last drives of the Ravens game, instead of having OBJ singled up out on his own, where was OBJ? He's always bunched up. So. You're bunching your number one players. Yeah. It could have been Jarvis. That makes the traffic right? worse. I'm yeah. okay with it being Jarvis. I'm okay if it's OBJ. But why do we have Hodge or or whoever 83 is? I can't even remember. That's Ricky Seal Jones. Uh, yeah, Ricky Seal Jones. Yeah, why do we have him on uh, singled up yeah. right there? I would give the ball to OBJ. Yeah, when you, when it you, just doesn't make any when sense. When you're bunched up like that. All you're doing is putting more defenders over there. So that what does that do? That's a traffic jam. So that slows up the play. Uh, and then the the player that you're putting on the outside, you're basically saying you can cover up the linebacker. Who cares? You know, yeah. you don't even have to pay attention to that person. Even with the cornerback go- yeah. covering OBJ or Landry, there's a higher probability that they're going to get that pass. Yeah, and Freddie Kitchens' coaching uh, caused that game to go from a six to nothing upset right now in the first half. They to scored a 14. 20 Almost twenty something points in three minutes. Well, yeah, yeah. If you conclude the second half, right? I mean, but, I mean, it, not in the second. Uh, the second half, they took like a seven minute drive. Yeah, but like, if you, what are you talking about, Siri? Siri, about, Siri's man? interrupting our podcast. So you think about it this way, like with Freddie Kitchens, he that that halfback pass it was third and one. You run the ball there, 
you get the ball. You get you, even if you don't pick up the fourth down, you run the ball right there. Guess what happens? You're most likely six inches closer to that one yard, and the clock's still running. It'll stop at two minutes or a little bit after two minutes, and then you run the ball again, and then you pick it up. You'll pick it up, and then you the, then this this what what transpired the next eighty seconds, which is 140 yards and two touchdowns by Lamar Jackson and two beautiful freaking throws that he threw where his only only his receivers could catch the damn ball, and it makes our coach look stupid. And you see the reactions in the crowd. CBS panned over to a guy, and he's throwing up middle finger, saying "F you, Freddie." Blah blah blah. And you see the pa- and they had to cut away real fast. But then that's the passion of the Cleveland Browns fans and all these people. Well, it makes us look stupid. And I was like, "This is what this, this is. A, this is this an emotional what, reaction. This is what we've been dealing with fan, for since '99." Fan is a short word for fanatic. Fanatic, you're crazy about something. We're crazy about the Cleveland Browns, and you hear those fans just boo like crazy at the end of the second half, and it continued. And then we, when we had a chance to continue to get into the game, the defense started, you know, bending, not breaking. That was it. Like, don't, bend, don't break. That was a Greg Williams type of situation. Let's bend it. Let's give them what we can give them, but let's stop them where we can stop them and have the offenses rolling. And we got to the point where we're almost down to our one score, and instead of kicking a field goal where we're down by eight, right? we try to go for two, two. so we're down by seven. And if we missed it, we're down by nine, so we're down by two scores. And that decision alone caused us – the whole game because yeah. we missed the two point conversion. Now, do and I then blame them because they score know, again? Austin missed a uh, missed the first PT. Yeah, it's his fourth or fifth one that he's done. Like this year. it's not nothing. Like why? Why? You know, do do I really necessarily blame Freddie for going that now? Your offense is clicking. That's right? not the time. Usually, what you do is you go for the you one, go for the field goal, but get the one. But so you're is only that still the same? To one score was it game. the same side that that he missed the field goal? No, no, completely so, different side. So maybe you should go ahead and go for the field goal. But my Freddie Kitchens. But though, that, like. again, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. He's calling plays and trying to be the head coach. He can't do both because he's new, and and that's something I don't that think he's ready to do either of them. I, I think I think off if he was just worried about the offense like he was last year, and Greg Williams was doing the the head coaching part, that's a totally different thing. Greg Williams has been in the league for a long time as of as a predominant, you know, even defensive his, coordinator. Even though that his knows defense what wasn't wasn't great, like. Ranking wise, we were like. Dead Could you imagine last. how much better they would have been with Greedy Williams now? I, I mean, I in like, that with that with that thing because like, I mean, look I, at I what Denzel we, was doing on that. Well, Greg Williams' defense is very like. Here is what defenses what Greg Williams does: he gives up yards and he gives up points, but he also creates a lot of turnovers. So he, his defense is completely different than Wilkes. Wilkes is one of those is that we're going to play to the to the weaknesses of the offense and just bend. You know, we're going to do what we can do, but we're not going to create a massive amount of turnovers. Greg Williams is like, no, create the turnover, get the ball back in the offensive hands, yep. and that's what Greg Williams did. But you had the same players like the Miles Garretts, and I, this is why I say you can say Demarius Randall said I would want to trade if they, but Miles Garrett was like, hey, I get to be different, and it proved he had like more sacks than he did the year before. But he also had. But Just he, I mean, penalties he, but, the first four but, games. But he also had Sheldon Richardson, and yeah. he had a healthy Larry Ojanjobi, and then he also had a healthy Olivia Vernon for the first seven games. So you had – there's other pieces there. So I, I can see why the Browns didn't go with Greg Williams, but this, I also see, yeah, his defense might have been a struggle, but at the same point in time, I think he actually – his defense would have actually created more opportunities I, for the offense. It was what happened last I can, year. I can give Wilkes a, a – pass on this year because of injuries like because crazy. of stupid helmet 
uh, well, think swinging about in the helmets. Four games we didn't have any of our de- defensive backs. Starting defensive two backs were injured, there. two injured safeties all year. I mean, and your cornerbacks were out four games because they had concussions or hamstrings. Yeah, yet we had four all games where our starting cornerbacks weren't even there. Yeah, but and you're talking about the, games, but the cornerbacks that we did have in place were doing a better job, anyways. Yeah. So again, Terrence Mitchell probably should be starting over Greedy Williams right now. But again, we're not the coach. So, yeah. Ravens game. Let's get let's get to the Ravens game. We've really let's, already talked about it. We've already talked about it, but let's just let's just talk about the the positives that we saw. First quarter, we looked like a football team. We looked like a controlled football team. We looked like the team that we should have had all year. Yeah, not uh, offensively. We fell not. apart. Offensively, no, no. But I mean, but you're playing a defense that is. A lot better than they were the first time we played. Well, they had a lot more key. They had their pieces. Well, they, back. and they had P. Uh, yeah, they, they had, had Peters too. Back, so yeah. and so Smith and Peters. Were, uh, Peters wasn't there, and Smith was hurt the first time yeah. we played. So, got to give them. Both sides were playing really good. Yeah, defense. Our defense was playing really good. Their defense was playing really good. But it seemed like the offense was kind of clicking a little bit more. But they got away from the run. Again, that's why they keep losing this game. Instead of just pounding the ball until they can't stop it. Until they stop it. That's when you do the play action stuff. That's when you do the RPOs. Yeah. But again, that's comes down to coaching. We I think the Ravens yeah. game it was all about coaching and that's how we fell. Yeah. You you lost by the coach's decisions. Um you get to see like how dominant Lamar Jackson is. You like to say he's a running back and I you know, he just he's he he runs a lot. He does. But then you look at his stats and his way he throws the ball. He's not a he's not a prototypical quarterback. No. But he's not a Cam Newton. He's not a he's not a Michael Vick. They, Michael Vick didn't throw this good. They created an offensive scheme. They they did something for him that made sense with his talent. Yeah. And he's just gotten better game by game, whether it's passing or uh-huh. running. Like the thing is, is and it just like any running quarterback. It's going to take a toll at yeah. some point. It will. So you'll see. Five, like I think, if three the more, years of I, dominance, I, I think, and I also think that they're also building him around where he's not going to have to run as much because you got three running backs that pretty much ran yeah. all over the Browns. So, so here's what Lamar Jackson knows that they've built this. They've built this team around him. So yeah. they built like they've built an offense towards his strengths, and they they have three tight ends in the field most of the time. So there's pass protection, and there's guys that are just going to come out of the backfield that are covered up by shorter linebackers. Uh, and that's basically what happened is they pick him apart. Uh, he doesn't take a lot of big shots downfield. When he took a big shot, it was a tight end. Yeah. And it's because Demarius Mark Randall. A- Mark An- uh, yeah, Andrews, Mark Andrews, two touchdowns yeah, in a row. One of Baker Mayfield's old uh, weapons back in Oklahoma. And so you see this, and you know Demarius Randall was out of position the first time. And then the second time, Lamar Jackson threw back shoulder instead of front shoulder. If he threw front shoulder, even the positioning of Demarius Randall, that ball would have been intercepted. But he threw back shoulder and – Andrews adjusted, caught the ball, touchdown. Yep. Uh, nothing Demarius Randall could do there. That was just pure talent. And so yep. Lamar Jackson himself uh, is proving the Ravens are doing something different than the NFL's ever done, which is uh, basically adhering and you know con- conforming to the quarterback's strengths rather than having the quarterback conform to their offense. Uh, so it's completely different. But that might change with Greg Roman if Greg Roman goes to somewhere else the offensive coordinator, I think that might be detrimental to Lamar and you might see a regression. And the way the Ravens have played, that's possible that Greg Roman's going to be a, a head coach somewhere else, uh, and especially so, if he went if they win a Super Bowl. Exactly. So you have this guy, you have this coordinator, you know, uh, that's conform conformed to, to to talent, and has utilized his talent and made him look like a 
MVP. He is. An, he's going to be the MVP. Let's right. just be straightforward. Nobody's playing as dominant as Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, he's more dominant than Patrick Mahomes looked last year, and Patrick Mahomes was a highlight reel every freaking game. But you have legs and an arm, uh, and smart play, and so that's the difference. But huge, like you know, as as uh, as a Browns fan, it's like wow, like that's insane that we that's coaching, that's coaching, that's coaching. You you see John Harbaugh, who was almost uh, fired just a couple seasons ago because of just his decisions with Flacco, and then he's like, you know what, I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change how I coach. That's what good coaches do. Yeah, Belichick did the same yeah. thing. Conform to the talent when, that you have. He builds a team to do what he wants it to do, right? So look at John Harbaugh, Ozzie Smith. This was his, that was his last draft to get Lamar. <laughs> I mean, you're and talking Mark about Mark Andrews you, in the third round, you, you, right? You got these guys. Insane. They, I mean, it, they consistently build a good team. I mean, since Ray Lewis, yeah. They consistently build a good team. That's why they're always in contention for playoffs. Yeah. That's why they they go they've been to a Super Bowl, and it's just it just lets you know how good Harbaugh really is. He's underrated. He's probably one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL yeah. right now. But on that note, since we have talked about the Ravens, and we've talked about the Arizona Cardinals games, yeah, let's talk about the naughty or nice list. Let's go for it of 2019. Checking it twice. Cleveland Browns. There's always room on, for people on the, and, the nice list. And people that are associated somewhat, whether it's media-related, celebrity-related, not on your nice list. Yeah. Son so, of a nutcracker, here we go. We're going to start with the naughty list. Okay. That's and, easy. And everybody thinks that the number one naughty list person is Freddie Kitchens. Is that not your naughty list? No. Who's your first person on your naughty list? Colin Coward. Colin Coward? You're going straight media. I'm right going now. straight media because here's the deal. You continue to get ratings because you want to cause problems with our quarterback, Baker Mayfield. You make false accusations about That's things that you have no that. idea about yeah. inside of a locker room that you're not a part of. You lie consistently. You get people on your show to lie consistently to back your points. Yeah. So, Colin Coward. Number one on the naughty You're list. number one on my naughty list. You're not even getting good Cole. 2019. You're going to get that great value brand, Cole. You're not even going to get Kingsford. Right. You know? Number two, Freddie Kitchens. Here's, here's, here's why he's on the naughty list. Undisciplined team leads to six and nine record. Yeah. So... He's uh, he's basically a cotton-headed Nicky Muggins. Even if mean? he wins seven games, right? If he wins the seventh game against Cincinnati, he's still on the naughty list as number two for me. Number three, Jimmy Haslam. He went after the owner, yeah. And here's the reason why. Because you allowed a couple of bad trades, and I'm saying Vernon's one of them. That's not on Dorsey because he has to have what? The backing of the owner and the head coach. Jimmy Haslam hasn't learned anything since he's purchased the Browns. No, he couldn't. He, he came from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. Yeah. The Rooney family watched how they evaluated talent, how they got coaches, right? They've had three coaches in the last, what, 50 years? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Jimmy Haslam is number three. He could have been number two. But I still think Freddie 
didn't listen. He's got all these coaches and coordinators and guys that have been head coaches around him, and he's not listening to anybody. Yeah. So, obviously, Kitchen gets two. Number three, Jimmy Haslam. Yeah. Number four, love him to death, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, here you, you see what you did to your defense. Yeah. By, I understand that there may be have been a racial slur. There may have been some contact before, but you're a professional athlete and you're looked upon thousands upon thousands of fans, which most of them are children, right? I mean, some of them are children, most, not most of them. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Who who looks up to these players? Other football, young football teams. Grown men that are right. that have short man complex. Right. So Well, we're not short men. I don't know. So and we're you know but anyway. I still look up to Dan Marino. But you know. The the whole point of the, why he didn't win a Super Bowl. So <laughs> he was an ace Ventura. Yeah, that's true. But and he was in Bad Boys too, you know. Have you seen the trailer for Bad Boys? Yeah, it looks great. Woo wee. So Miles Garrett back, man. You hurt your defense that bad, you're at number four. Son of a nutcracker. Number five. Who do you think number five is going to be on my naughty list? Baker Mayfield. Believe it or not, he didn't even make the naughty list. Well, I mean, I, I was just saying because you're just throwing surprise up. I wouldn't put Miles Garrett on the naughty list. He 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 gets on the naughty list because it's his actions that caused yeah the depleted defensive line problem that yeah. we have. At number five, very last, believe it or not, John Dorsey. Yeah, it's, I mean, it makes sense. And it and the reason why John Dorsey's on the naughty list is because one, he hired Freddie Kitchens. Two hasn't hired Freddie. Two, Kitchens. he wanted Vernon. That was another thing. I didn't want him. He's gonna make my naughty list because of that. And number three is he hasn't done anything this entire season to better the team when we needed to do it. He hasn't stepped in. I understand that he's letting the coach be the coach, but here's the deal. What do you want him to do? He needs to step in and say, hey, you have an offensive coordinator. Why don't you give it a try for a week? Yeah. And if it, and guess what happens? How do we know that he hasn't done that? We don't know. Exactly. But that's why he's on the naughty list. Because we didn't hear about it. There was no news about it. There's not anybody in the organization yeah. you know, leaking stuff to the media about it. Here. So that tells me right there that he's not. he has not used his authority to say, yeah. hey, look, I'm just saying this is because I've yeah. I've been a GM for a while. I've I've hired great coaches, right? Yeah. I mean, he brought Andy Reid to the Kansas City Chiefs and he's done a really good job on offense wise and drafting players like Kareem Hunt, which is a Brown. Yep. Okay. Getting rid of people like Josh Gordon. Great idea. That's the that's the type of stuff yeah. that will get you on the nice list. Here's what I'm gonna say. But go ahead. Not now, Arctic Puffin. Not now. So, on naughty list for me, Freddie Kitchens, numero uno, uh, number two, and that I mean it just stated. Yeah, we don't even you don't even have to stay. Yeah, number two is not, and you went after the national media. Yeah, you can go after the national media. Jake Glazer, Colin Coward, all that stuff. Um, is the Cleveland media? Um, Dale Reuter, uh Terry, uh, Tony Grossi, Mary Kay Cabot, all these other like these, the the constant Cleveland Browns media people uh, are the ones that have continued to do this TMZ style. Reporting, uh, you know what Baker Mayfield, Jesus Tony, like all this stuff that just gets that that right there. Seeing that in the interaction there, and seeing how they how much people they block um, for their behavior, you know, and calling them out on their behavior. That's that's it. Uh, number three, I would put uh, Steve Wilkes in there because Steve Wilkes had uh, 
yeah, he, he had some issues, but he's never conformed and he's never done what he should do. Especially if you're getting beat four times by backup quarterbacks, that shouldn't happen. That's when you're supposed to attack and win those games. Yeah, that's, I told. You know, yeah, I can so see where Steve you're Wilkes, uh, Jimmy Haslam, number four. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Haslam stated points. Uh, in my opinion, uh, he's he's not he's not done very much good for the Browns organization. Now for the city of Cleveland, yes, they're yes. nonprofit. All that stuff. Him and D do a great job. The uniform changes were trash. D. You're up there with Jimmy. So we're about, Jimmy to, we're about to get a new uniform. So, so I'm excited we'll see to see happens. that in 2020. So with with that and just the ownership itself, get your hand out of the cookie jar. Let your, your football guys be football guys. Let John Dorsey be John Dorsey. Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. And, I, and, he, and the, the Roonies, they found people that were going to produce. When you have three coaches for the Steelers since the 70s, since the 70s, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tomlin, we've had – Four coaches with you in five years. We're going to have another one soon, probably. That's that's the situation. And my last one, my last one, my fifth person on the naughty list is going to be you. Me? KT. Because he keeps <laughs> talking about this Kevin Zeitler trade. <laughs> He's a right guard. Nobody cares about a right guard. This is not a deodorant from the 90s. Get over it. It's done. We already lost that guy. Kevin Zeitler's on the Giants. He plays for a trash team. That's where it's at. They barely beat the Redskins in overtime last week. Daniel Jones looked pretty good, but he, he looks pretty good against the Redskins. Yeah, 350 yards and five touchdowns. So we, let's move to the nice list. Let's talk about it because there's always room for people on the nice list. We're going to let you start always. with the nice list. Let's go nice list, okay? My number one nice list for you know just Cleveland sports, all around Cleveland sports, me. I'm on the nice <laughs> list. Um, no, not, that's just a joke. I figured that that was going to no, be. No, that's a joke. Number one on the nice list is – is Baker Mayfield. And the reason I say this is Baker has endured more than any quarterback should in his first two seasons because not only has he gone through uh, head coaching change, offensive scheme change, uh, talent change, all this stuff, that puts a lot of pressure. He still comes out there and still plays hard. Broke Almost broke his hand, still playing. Like, and emotional. And he's, a, he's an emotional leader. He's there, he's, he's there, and, and he's honest. I don't give a, uh, the transparent side of that. Santa Claus rewards transparency, and Baker Mayfield is transparent. Number one nice list is Baker Mayfield. Number two, Jarvis Landry, the heart and soul of the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion. Pretty much. The dude just uh, has encompassed Cleveland, has loved Cleveland, has shown Odell Beckham Jr., hey, this is this is my city. Uh, and you know, and you you add that, and OBJ came out you know last week and said, "No, I'm here. Like I bought a house here. I'm not renting here. I bought a house. I renovated here. I'm not. I'm not. I want to play with my team. I want to play with my teammates and with my team. There's something here. So number two, Jarvis Landry, because he's he has the right direction and he has the right know how. He's always there. Now he does drop a few passes here and there, but it's every receiver in the yeah, NFL but that it, does that. We're talking about You're a talking guy about that every once in a while it's not it's yeah. not it's not all the time five years consistent that he's made a, he's made five pro, uh, five pro bowls in a row this is like he's pro bowl joe he's yeah. you know he's a tra- pro bell jarvis you know yeah. he's 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 an amazing talent bless him bless him so that was number two number three i love miles garrett no matter what he did against mason <laughs> rudolph in that eight seconds at the end of the game i it made it an issue but the, the the defense has to you you have other teams that have just lost their defensive talents before and you adapt and so that goes, you know, back to my naughty list, Steve Wilkes being on that naughty list. The defense should have adapted. And with Miles Garrett, he loves the city. He does a lot of nonprofit. He gets along with everybody. He had a fan punch him in the face, but he still takes pictures of fans, and he still does the right thing. He just had one bad accident. I get it. He's a very different person on the field. He's a switch. It's like it's like uh, Sylvester Stallone in the movie The Over the Top. He flips that hat, man. 
It's on. It's a switch. He's ready to he's ready to arm wrestle, you know? Yep. Um and number five. Now number five, I have John Dorsey. Because John Dorsey has put a team together on paper that's looked better than any other GM. Uh, and his, he's kept out of the limelight. All these Browns fans and all these people, all this media want to talk to John Dorsey. If, you, if you're a good GM, you stay out of the football operations until the beginning of the year or the end of the year. That's when you do your two, your, your two reports. You don't want to see John Dorsey come in because once you see John Dorsey comes in, guess what's going to happen? It's going to implode. We're going to see another new regime for coaching. We're letting John Dorsey – we're seeing John Dorsey let football be football. Uh, and then once they're done, they're going to evaluate and make the decision, and then he'll talk about it at, after the game on Cincy. We will have an interview with John Dorsey. It's just the Browns will be able to, hey, here's your end-of-season interview with John Dorsey, and that's what he's supposed to do. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, the only other person I would put on our on our – Cleveland nice list and he'll always be on the Cleveland nice list is Francisco Lindor because <laughs> the name Francisco is just fun to say Francisco yeah. is just fun to say and that's that's the nice list that I have and I think that can go into our tribe talk yeah well we can, we can I've got an, I've got my nice list. oh you have a nice list too sorry yeah so let's let me go for let, it so number one and believe it or not he jumped five spots literally five spots who's that Alex Mack Number one. He jumped from number five to number one. His number's 51. Mac Wilson. His number's 51. That's, right. that's crazy. And here's why. He tweeted the other day. He tweets all after, after every game. After every you. game, right? He tweets a game. And what what a profession. This this guy is a rookie, but super Fifth season, round pick rookie. But has literally embraced the Cleveland fan base. Yeah. And with his apology, his apology, like he, he didn't have to go on Twitter. He's like, sorry, we couldn't get it done for you guys that were rooting for us through the good and the bad. We got one more game to finish. Just wanted to say, I appreciate all the fans from the bottom of my heart. Hashtag love Cleveland. Yeah. What a classy player. He, he went from five cause he's, I felt like he was, a linebacker that did as much as he could do for a rookie and played pretty consistently. He played better than Kirksey did. Yeah, for sure. Did really good. And that tweet right there, he just he just added bonus points. Yeah. Because what he did is he put it in perspective. He knows that his fans, his Cleveland Browns fans, are disappointed. And somebody that actually comes out as a professional football player and apologizes – that they didn't get it done. Yeah, it's about time that somebody actually does it. So, Mac Wilson, number one in our hearts. Yeah, he also didn't cover the running back out of the backfield and let it. Touch yeah, him. it, so happens. it happens. I mean, he's a rookie, so but yeah. he he definitely gets on the nice list as number one. Number two, the Cleveland Browns fans in general. Believe it or not, all of them or just some of them. Every single Browns fan, even the ones that were kind of naughty, right, throwing the beer. We can overlook you jump that. in the dog pound, you're going to get beer thrown. That's what's going to happen. Just, that's that's what's going to happen. But here's here's the point. Week one. We have all week endured. One news, bro. We have all endured a season that we thought was going to be a winning season. You know what we need to worry about? Lowered expectations. Yeah. Stop stop doing these high expectations things. So here's the deal. 
they still showed up. They were still super loud against the Ravens. I didn't see. I mean, yeah, they're very. We're very passionate yeah. fans. Okay, I've been there during during the Johnny Manziel game when we watched the Bengals destroy us. Um, that's putting it lightly. But it, it the way that they've embraced every minute of this season, right? There were some times where we saw some Twitter stuff that was, you know, like questionable. But at the end, we're still all Browns fans, and we still care about this team that much. And we block out the noise from the media. Yeah. So, Browns fans, number two on the nice list. Dose. Number three, Nick Chubb. Oh, yeah. How does I, Nick Chubb how not, not make my he, he was number He was actually number one when I first Why did you started. drop him? Uh, the reason why is because I believe that the fans should be too. And Alex Mack deserve or Mac Wilson. I don't think Mac Wilson deserves it. Mac Wilson's tweet pulled on my heartstrings. Did it? Yep. Tugged on him a little bit. To me, it's just like it's just noise. So again, I believe that Nick Chubb is all about winning. Didn't say a lot throughout the season. Doesn't. All he cares about is winning football games for the Cleveland Browns. What a class act. And he's from Georgia. Taking, taking a guy that has another superstar right behind him. And that's what's more vulnerable than a peach. Right, uh, and doesn't complain about not getting the ball. Doesn't complain that he's sharing time with a running back. Doesn't complain, Batman. doesn't complain about the coaching stuff. Doesn't complain when he wasn't getting the ball. When he gets the ball, he makes effort, every effort to make a positive play out of it. Yeah. The guy, is he probably deserves to be number one, but I'm going to put him at number three. On the nice list. Yeah. So, number four. I'll remove Miles Garrett. I'll put number three for Nick Chubb for me. Number four, obviously, Jarvis. You've already you you hit those highlights perfectly. He's the heart. Bless him. Moving on. Number five. Mm. And believe it or not, mm. you're going to be super surprised about this. Progressive insurance. <laughs> for all those amazing commercials. I also put Baker Mayfield on the nice list. He is nice. He's a the, good quarterback. What a what a what a good what, with all the controversy that's gone on, and he still shows up at the game, ready to play. Yeah, everybody's you know he's the uh, he is the ultimate underdog as a quarterback. Yeah, he's gonna be better next year. He already he already said last week that next off season he's gonna get his whoever the receiving core is. And the running backs. And they're going to work. And they're going to work all summer. Work, 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 work. So, again, bop, 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 bop. Baker Mayfield that. makes the top five. Yep. The and best then, way to spread Christmas cheer. Right. It's singing loud for all to hear. Right. You know. So, uh, honorable mention. Got the HMs going here. Yeah. Honorable mention for uh, the uh, nice list is Greedy Williams. I disagree with that. Do you want to you know why? Because even though his name says greedy, he hasn't been greedy at all. He gives up touchdowns all the time, doesn't he? No, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I like Sorry, Greedy Williams. I think he's I think he's a very class act. If you listen to his press conferences, he's been, he's yeah. he's always trying to stay positive. He's he's continuously working to better himself. He's he's uh you know built he's building his relationship in Cleveland with all the yeah. fans. I feel like he deserves to be on this list as an honorable mister. So, yeah. he could – watch. He can be better 
and he's going to be better next year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that hopefully. guy has a lot of room to grow. Hopefully, yeah. He's a he's a good he. I think once we get this defensive thing fixed, we'll figure it out. We'll get it there. So that is it. The Naughty Elias list. Cleveland Browns, 2019. Yeah. Orange is the New Browns podcast. That's it. That's it. So we got a little bit of trap talk and trap talk and Cavs hour in a, in a minute. minute. Yeah. So. Let's talk about the trap talk. So the only thing we're going to talk about is winter meetings completed, and you you and I have probably two different opinions here. Uh, not necessarily. I kind of agree with you on this. Uh, the Cleveland Indians traded our our Cy Young, our two time Cy Young winner. Yep, Corey Kluber, who in 2018 was 20 and seven with a 2.89 ERA. Uh, unfortunately, he always starts off slow every year. And just like, like the Indians do. Yeah, this is part of it. And he got hit by a line drive into the forearm, broke his arm, missed the rest of the year. Um, and so the Indians have traded our ace to the Texas Rangers. So he's in Texas. He's in his home state with us. Right. Um, and he's going to be playing at the new Globe Life ballpark that's indoor. So you want to go watch a Rangers game. It's actually inside now. It's not going to be 14 wow. degrees outside like I did uh, a couple of years ago. Hottest game in the MLB history was that night. I was there. Yeah. 12 innings. And, and lots of home runs, right? There was lots of home runs, and then there was uh, fireworks at the end, yeah. and it went it went extra. So, um, Corey Kluber was traded to the Rangers for Delano DeShields Jr. So, you know, the son of Delano DeShields, uh, I want to say a semi-famous baseball player from yeah. from the '90s and early 2000s, and then um, I don't know his name, uh, Chase or Le- Clace or whatever his name is. Uh, f- the 30th ranked prospect in the Texas Rangers system, and people were like, "Oh, he's gonna be so good." He you see his stats. Yeah, his stats look okay. Um, for a relief pitcher, he can throw you know hundred plus. But we gave up our ace uh, for that. And the one thing that I wanted to point out is that yeah, Kluber got hurt last year, and people were like, "Well, he had a down year the year before." No, he didn't. He was t- 2018. He was 20 and seven <laughs> yeah. with a 2.89 ERA in his last full season. He gets better as the season progresses. And yeah, he had some issues the last couple of years in the playoffs, but. You know, who doesn't have issues in the playoff? You've seen uh, Madison Bumgarner have those issues. You've seen Clayton Kersall. Even Justin Verlander's had issues in the playoffs. But you – and I compared Corey Kluber's uh, chance of resurgence to Justin Verlander when he was traded from Detroit to Houston. It was his, like, his retirement tour, basically. And he's woken back up. Yeah. And maybe that's because they still signs there in Houston. You know, maybe that's why. But – Verlander himself, uh, his his stat lines have increased, his his uh, efficiencies increased, uh, and his velocity on his changeups and all that stuff has increased. His velocity on his fastball has gone down, but you adapt, and Corey Kluber has pitches that nobody else has in the MLB. And for us to trade him for one crappy player, Delano DeShields Jr., and the uh, reliever Chase or Clace. Uh, Emmanuel Clace. Clace. Uh it's just sad because all it really means to me that the Indians did was a salary dump because we didn't take on anything. We didn't take on anything that was going to cre- create anything. We just lost his – we just basically got rid of his salary. We picked up his options, and now the Rangers take on his salary, and that frees that up. And all these people are like, yeah, we can do whatever we can do with Francisco. We're not We're not going to use that money for Francisco Lindor. Let's be honest. Yeah. The Dolans won't do it. For sure. This is a salary dump, and we lost one of our best pitchers. Our best pitcher in the last 10 years, our last Cy Young. We've traded away our Cy Youngs. We traded away Sabathia. We traded away Cliff. And now we've uh, um, traded away uh, Corey. And so it's just sad to see that our clue bot is now a Texas Ranger. 
And I think that was just a stupid decision. It was uh, one because <laughs> the outfielder that we got. Oh, he's trash. Like he bats like a two, like I think it's a career average of 204. He batted 204 this year, you know, four home runs. He's an outfielder. That's all that, I mean, that's, that's who you got when you could have got, you know, either you could have brought, I mean, I would have took Shin, Shinshu Chu back. Brought him home. Yeah. Brought him home. Let him retire as a, as an Indian. But let's let's put it this way: you easily could have got a second baseman, Danny Santana, right? Yeah. That was batting two eighty nine, right? Because that's what we needed to fill, is our second base spot. Also, yeah. He batted two eighty three, twenty eight home runs this season, but we're not going to get him for what reason? So you give up your number one for a prospect. Yeah. Now no. In the past, our prospects have played out. Cliff Lee, prospect. Yeah. Right? Uh, Corey Kluber, Corey Kluber mm-hmm. prospect. Uh, CC Sabathia. He was, he was he was part of our talent. We drafted him. Right, right. But, so, but let's go. You go back but, to their traits. But why would you not get somebody? I mean, you had two. They had two second base. They had three second basemen on the Rangers. Yeah. Danny Santana, uh, Odor, right? which he can play short and second. second. So why would you not trade for somebody? And, and Odor's like 25. Yeah. Uh, Danny Santana's 29. Why would you not go ahead and trade for somebody like that? Yeah. Because they don't want and, to. And, and do something. Or what about even getting a decent, you know, a decent uh, outfielder? Okay. So let me let – me, Joey Gallo. Yeah. So here's 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 a here's funny thing. CC Sabathia was traded. You know what key piece came from CC Sabathia? Cliff Lee. No. No. Okay. I don't Michael know. Brantley. Oh yeah, Michael Brantley. Yeah. Okay. That was another person we shouldn't let go. Cliff Lee trade. You know what key piece came from Cliff Lee? Which one? Carlos Carrasco. So key pieces in there. Um, so maybe I mean we only got two players here. So should we complain about it because we know no, that they know what they're looking at? No, because it's a different person making yeah, the trades. That it's is not true. the same. It's not the same management that's making the trade. So I can't really say it. Back then it was the same management. Um, but that's the situation is that we got hardly nothing back for a salary dump. And it's just sad to see that this guy. We should have got Joe Gallo. Yeah. And like this guy led so much for the Cleveland Indians. Um, and it just, it just, it just fell apart. And so I feel like uh, Indians fans, like a lot of them, what frustrated me the most uh, with Indians fans is they didn't appreciate him enough. Uh, and they're like, oh, you know, he was, he was aging. He was getting old and he was, his time was running out. Yeah. He was getting bad. And I was like, are you serious? Like his last full season, I'll repeat it again. 20 and 7, <laughs> 2.89 ERA. Like, what else do you want this guy to do? He was like second in Cy Young voting that year. Like, yeah. give me a break and shut up. The guy has been a professional. He's been efficient. He's been reliable. The guy is the definition of a player and a performer. And we're losing that for Delano DeShields Jr. and some guy with the last name Clace. <laughs> and that's my problem with that. And that's, that's, that's what I have for the talk. And yeah. people think that trade was going to help save Francisco Lindor. We're not going to pay $30 million a year from Francisco, from, from, for Francisco Lindor. We're not. No matter what savings we got from Cliff Lee or the Corey Kluber trade, we're not going to save Francisco Lindor. And our ownership, no matter how much fun it is to say the word Francisco, yeah. is going to trade Francisco. 
I hope not. And that's and the people are going, oh, I can't believe they're doing this. They do it every time. They did it to Manny Ramirez. They did it to Dave Justice. They did it to uh, Kenny Lofton. They've done it with Cliff Lee. They've done it with CeCe Sabathia. Now they've done it with Corey Kluver, uh, Omar Vizquel, Roberto Alomar. I mean, the, Jim Tomei. Like, the list just goes on. Like, all of our main pieces outside of Sandy Alomar Jr. did we trade off. Like, it's just what the Indians do. And it needs it needs to be changed. We need well, the Dolans to recognize, pay the players, and keep the talent, build the team. Yeah, because if you don't build a team, you're never going to win anything. Yeah. You can you can go through these five year cycles, five to seven year cycles, but take advantage of that. You got to get more players in. the 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 trades last year that brought in Puig and Fran Reyes, I I mean, was a decent trade because we got Trevor Bauer out and he was a horrible pitcher and he continued to show that he was a horrible pitcher with the, the Reds. Yeah, he was efficient the year before. But he had one efficient year. That was it. Yep. Like, okay, we saw what he could do, but we got Fran Reyes still is on the team, so we still have a power bat. Yasuo Puig is not going to be on the team. He's a free agent, but we had a chance to to move. And now we're going in the direction if we trade Francisco now or in the, in the middle of the season, that just shows the Indians are not progressing to want to make that final push because we could still make a final push to the World Series yeah. with Francisco. Yeah. One of the faces of the MLB. So puts me in a bad, ma- bad mood talking about Kluber being gone. Yep. I agree with you on everything that you pretty much said about that because so, we've watched it. Yeah. I mean, our whole lives. We've if it wasn't it. pitching one year, it's our batting. If yeah. it's not batting one year, it's our pitching. So we go to the World Series. We don't have any bats. We had bats. It well, just, they, I mean, they didn't. They I didn't mean, perform. Our pitchers, but we ran out of pitchers. But we ran out of pitchers so. because you know somebody hurt himself with a drone. You know, just saying. Yeah. But Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. So good rins, bro. That's it. That's it on Tribe Talk. That's really. it. Let's move into our new segment since basketball season is about yep. to roll up and football First, season's finishing off. Cavs hour. In a minute. In a minute. That's it. So the good news is. We traded away Jordan Clarkson today. Which was n- probably not a good idea. I think it than, is for, it's, uh, a, for the, it's a for sour picks, situation. Well, yeah. that and for the picks, yes. Uh, for the guy that they got, Dante, excellent. Hey, he's in, yeah, whatever. Uh, let me tell you about his stats. 2.2 He doesn't play game. much. He doesn't play much. So uh, my question is: Is why didn't you at least get somebody, some that? Well, they got two second rounds. They got two second rounds. That's why they did it. That's why they did it. So you have that, and the 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 good news is the Cavs. We beat the Warriors. No, we've won three games in a row. Well, we won four, and then we lost against the Heat. Yeah, no, we won three games in a row. These last three games, we've won in a row. No, there was five games in a row, and then we lost to the Heat. No, I'm talking about the last three games that they played. So far, oh. I'm talking about the last three games. Oh, the last three. Yeah. The last three games, we're on a three-game win streak. So that's it. Our Cavs are streaking. They're Frank the Tank right now. We're going to the playoffs. Let's lock it down, Cavs and four. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hornets, Grizzlies, and Hawks. Cavs and, we, and four. And then we play the Celtics tonight. Yeah, Cavs and four. You got it. Or actually, 27. Cavs and four. <laughs> that's it, man. <laughs> and that's Cavs hour in a minute. In a minute. Which I was way off because I was looking at the Utah Jazz's record. I was like, "What are you talking about here?" Whoops. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So, not a nice list. Browns news. It's all tribe talk, and the Cavs. It's beginning. Cavs hour in a minute. It's been. It's beginning to look like like weather. Yep. Everywhere you go. I mean, it's super nice outside right now. So it's we're beautiful. not. It's like I don't think anybody's really getting snow. Other Fifty-seven than maybe degrees. Minnesota. Hell, even Oda- uh, uh, Northeast Ohio's not getting snow for yeah. Christmas. So it was snowing when I went there last year at this time. Enjoy the the nice weather for Christmas on most most of the country. 
have fun with your family and friends. Be safe. Be smart. And go you Browns. Know, go Browns. So that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, it's the end of the show. We out. Bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. As you're enjoying this Christmas with your family and friends, drinking your eggnog and enjoying your Christmas dinner and lunch, let's not forget about those that are protecting our freedom away from their families and their friends during the holidays. We appreciate the U.S. military for their selfless sacrifice day in and day out during the holidays and during the 365 days of the year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Holidays. We'll see you next week. This has been the Orange is the New Browns podcast. We out.